Steve Lance, your host of the Capitol Report on NTD News. If you have not done so yet, please hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with all of the latest news coming out of the nation's capital and beyond. On the lawn of the National Mall today, lawmakers joined with activists to push for tighter gun laws. Congressional leadership was there and Democrats told NTD where their bottom line is and what they're looking at for baseline proposals. NTD's Melina Wisecup has the story. I'm here on the National Mall where activists and lawmakers who are pushing for gun reform have laid out a visual representation of the more than 40,000 American lives that are lost due to gun-related deaths each year. And this year, the orange flowers represent an increase of 5,000 gun-related deaths over the past couple of years. Democrats, Republicans, everyone, we must never stop fighting. Fight, fight, fight. The former congresswoman was a victim of a shooting in 2011, and she was severely injured. She then founded an organization dedicated to saving lives from gun violence. Her organization Tuesday displayed these tens of thousands of flowers at the Washington Monument as a way to put pressure on the Senate to act. As majority leader, I made clear that the Senate will vote on gun safety legislation in the near future. Many who were present at the event pushed for the need to raise the minimum age to 21 to buy a gun. This is already the law in six states, including the Republican-leaning state of Florida. You know, we, we passed a law that actually required a three-day waiting period, but we should do anything that we can and pass any bill we can because it's worth saving even one life. And look, the, the, the effort in the Senate, I think, is very tentative. Senator Blumenthal, who's involved in the Senate negotiation talks, tells us that raising the minimum age may not be possible right now in the Senate. But I recognize we're not going to do everything that we want. If we can save lives, it's a step in the right direction. And it reassures Republicans that they're not walking off a political cliff. Blumenthal says the baseline for any gun reform is red flag laws, which would make it a federal law to temporarily take guns away from a person who is deemed to be a threat to themselves or others. He and other Democrat lawmakers tell NTD why they feel federal government should get involved. Only the federal government can have a national background check. Only the federal government can effectively ban ghost guns. Only the federal government can ban assault weapons. Equal protection under the law and the right to remain safe is something that everyone in this country deserves and we need federal legislation that sets a minimum floor. The House is expected to pass a legislative package of gun restrictions this week, but the Senate needs more time for negotiations. Right now, a group of senators is working to find middle ground on gun reform that could get enough Republican buy-in to send to the president's desk. Reporting in Washington, D.C., Melina Weiskopf, NTD News. And award-winning actor Matthew McConaughey made a visit to D.C. today to make a plea for more restrictive gun laws. McConaughey was born and raised in Uvalde, Texas. We need to restrain sensationalized media coverage. We need to restore our family values. We need to restore our American values. And we need responsible gun ownership. Responsible gun ownership. We need background checks. We need to raise the minimum age to purchase an AR-15 rifle to 21.
McConaughey noted that he is a gun owner himself, and he told stories about a number of families of the victims he met after the mass shooting took place in his hometown of Uvalde. The Hollywood actor met with President Biden and lawmakers on Capitol Hill who are working on crafting new gun laws. The debate over gun rights continues to wage on as individuals debate their interpretations of the Second Amendment. Over the weekend, we had a chance to sit down with Congresswoman Lauren Boebert of Colorado to get her thoughts. Congresswoman Lauren Boebert, thank you so much for joining us on the Capitol Report. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Congresswoman, the uh, Second Amendment debate right now is raging, and I just want to get your thoughts as to what the temperature is in Colorado and around the country. Well, unfortunately, Americans are waking up because they are paying the bad, uh, they're paying the prices for these bad policies. And unfortunate for the Democrats, they know that they are going to lose in a landslide in the, in the midterm elections. So they are trying to pull out every dramatic crisis that they can to drive their voters out to the polls. Uh, first, we saw it with the unprecedented leak of, uh, of the SCOTUS uh, decision, possibly. Um, and, you know, that, that, just created all of this turmoil all throughout America of people saying that this was going to end women's rights and, and abortion rights, but really we would be saving thousands and millions of lives. Um, and now they're using these crises, um, like the terrible shootings and Uvalde, uh, to take our Second Amendment rights away. And they, they are doing that to drive out their voters to the polls. Uh, we see this time and time again. But what's unfortunate is these mass shootings are such a small percentage of deaths re resulting um, from a firearm. Look at Chicago. Look at the thousands of deaths that take place just in Chicago alone. If gun control actually worked, it would be a liberal utopia and there would not be any crime there. But all of those deaths are broadly ignored. And something like Uvalde happens, which is absolutely terrible, it, it it grabs the hearts of people all throughout the nation, and Democrats latch onto this to take away your right to defend yourself. So it sounds like what you're saying is that it's more of an emotional debate rather than a constitutional one. Absolutely. We're still uh, investigating what actually happened in Uvalde, and suddenly there's at least eight firearm bills that they're wanting to bring to the House floor when we're back in session next week. And supposedly uh, this is their cure to um, to what happened in Texas without an investigation actually taking place. They're, they're wanting to um, have a ban on uh, magazines and ghost guns. Well, none of that was an issue there in, in Texas. And in fact, we're still looking into the police officer's response and what took them so long to actually get in there and neutralize the threat. Um, so these, this is a knee-jerk reaction, just like we see each and every time. But I am 17, 76% sure that they are not going to take our guns. On that note, I was just going to ask you, how important is it for people to reflect on history to really understand and remember as to why we actually have the Second Amendment? Right. That is the most important thing. This, These were regular armed citizens, our founding fathers, and they are the reason that we have peace and posterity here in the United States right now, because as armed citizens, they said, we will not have a tyrannical king rule over us. We will no longer be oppressed. We will be free men. And uh, it's so important to look back on that and why the Second Amendment was actually added to the Bill of Rights. It is to protect us from an overreaching tyrannical government. It has nothing to do with hunting. Our founding fathers 
they just got done liberating themselves from tyranny, fighting a war. They didn't just come back from a hunting exposition when they drafted the Second Amendment. So this is so extremely important to remember why we need um, these firearms for our, our own protection and to keep government in check. That is we the people. That is our responsibility to do that. And of course, know your history because we do have old Joe opening up his mouth and saying things like, the Second Amendment, whenever it was written, it what uh, you could not buy a cannon, uh, but there were Gatling, there were Gatling guns, and um, that was a pretty high-powered machine, um, fully automatic, really. And uh, I think you could own a cannon too. I want to get your thoughts real fast on the uh, midterm elections. There's a lot of fascinating races. You're on the campaign trail yourself. What are you hearing from actual people on the trail? What are the issues that are driving uh, the midterms? You think? The issues that are driving the midterms uh, are certainly inflation, supply chain uh, issues, and our wide open southern border. I mean, these are things that are impacting all of us. With fentanyl flowing into our country, it's the number one killer of 18 to 45 year olds. And here in Colorado, my opponent in the primary actually voted to decriminalize fentanyl. Four grams used to be a felony in Colorado, and he voted to make that a misdemeanor. Uh, and so this is something that is impacting our communities. It's killing our children. It, it's, it's killing uh, so many people in our communities. And then also the impact that it has on our law enforcement officers who are having to deal with this influx in crime all throughout Colorado. But we certainly need to tackle inflation. I think that, that starts with being energy independent once again and pursuing energy dominance. That is how we begin to tackle this inflation issue. Um, and of course our supply chains, when we have empty shelves and baby formula shortages, this is a problem for everyone and shut down the southern border. Congresswoman Boebert, thank you. Thank you so much. The state of California is the most populated state in the country and with an annual GDP of $3.4 trillion. Today, CNN is reporting that the state could see a huge shift in politics due to the current Democratic Party infrastructure that has led to public disorder and massive crime spikes. Our next guest is former mayor of Nevada City, California, and independent candidate for California Governor Renette Senum. Renette Senum, thank you so much for joining us on the Capitol Report. Thank you. It's great to be here, Steve. Renette, today is the uh, big primary in California after a culmination of uh, months of campaigning for you. Uh, what is the state of the state, if you will? Well, what's really quite fascinating is that over the last few months, there's barely been any news uh, covering this actual primary, which is probably the most important election in the history of California. Uh, it has to be duly noted that the coverage that we have received has basically been favoring Newsom and dis dis uh, encouraging um, uh, disheartening voters from showing up at the polls. Uh, when we have had media coverage, it generally says, Newsom's a shoe-in, he has no competition, don't bother. So right now, as we are seeing it, uh, there is a low voter turnout. And what we're hearing is that it's because of voter fatigue. It's not voter fatigue. It's the fact that the voters actually weren't informed there's an upcoming election and the most important one in California's history. Now, on that point, California is home to many big tech companies. Uh, censorship has been an issue on the national level. Uh, how widespread and serious is this? It's actually probably out of the last six months of me campaigning on the trail, one of the most scariest things I've ever seen in my life. And the reason why is 
myself a contender. Uh, we have not been able to do Google ads, Facebook ads, Instagram ads, while our other uh, competitors have. Uh, our, our mail services uh, have not been working as well. And um, we've basically been con completely cut out even from major media like San Diego Union Tribune and the LA Times. Uh, censorship is a serious issue. And I say to people, and when we talk about election integrity, how can we possibly have integrity if you can't hear from the candidates themselves? Another major issue, Renette, in, in California is crime, and it's beyond the talking points. So you're starting to see Democrats in San Francisco and Los Angeles speaking out about their Democratic district attorneys who are light on crime. Take us beyond the headlines. What are you hearing from real people? Well, what I'm hearing from real people and also what I'm hearing from law enforcement, I've learned a lot in the last few months. And there seems to be a real concerted effort to undermine law enforcement to be able to do their job. And we have laws that are now encouraging criminals to go commit crimes. We have law enforcement who cannot actually go do their job. And Steve, basically... What I'm seeing is death by a thousand cuts. There seems to be a concerted effort to destroy California from the inside out. And one way to do that is to uh, allow the uptick of, of crime. Renette Sanum, thank you. Thank you, Steve. I just want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. If you enjoy our content, please leave us a rating and a review as it really goes a long way in helping us spread the truth. Until next time, I'm your host, Steve Lance at NTD, and we'll see you soon.